everybody. Welcome to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thanks so much for joining us today, our discussion show. We are going to be talking about Han, Luke, and Leia. Did the sequel trilogy change how we view those characters? Now that we've said farewell to them, uh, looking back, has it changed our perception of them going in? Like, you know, there's been a few decades there before they came back where it's like, that's them. And now... They came back. Did it change anything? We're going to talk all about that later. And Will the Force is back, baby! <laughs> on the show. And on the show, with me as always, giggling, laughing, smiling, getting annoyed, as always, with my antics, James and Lacey. Guys. Was that directed at James and me or just me? Just James. You were giggling. James looked annoyed. <laughs> it's back, baby. Um, welcome back, guys. We... Uh, breaking the fourth wall here. We recorded this before we did a trivia showdown on Tuesday against the Lights, Camera, Barstool mm-hmm. guys. So we don't know how we hopefully did. Hopefully I'm giggling because... But hopefully we kicked we their, kick their asses, <laughs> hopefully. Um, John! But what? <laughs> I hope we did, but who knows? Um, but uh, how you guys doing? Are you guys... Uh, oh, you, guys feeling, you guys feeling well? You guys feeling well today? Yeah, just good. completely incapable of saying but that so that <laughs> oh well yeah all right yeah. um <laughs> i i don't know how i'm feeling because we either lost or destroyed them i don't know yeah you're exactly right um yeah but uh but i am excited because uh we, you know we're just getting off a getting off of Monday's episode and then that at Barstool we're back here again on Thursday for another episode I you know I like this I like this show this podcast is all right it's all right I guess you could say we kind of like talking about Star Wars Weird. yeah 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 and tomorrow the final for now a Mando fan show mm-hmm. oh yeah I thought you were gonna say you were putting it back on the shelf which makes me sad we're putting it back on the shelf, but then we'll dust that baby off uh, in four months. I don't like putting it on the shelf. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, you know, Mando Fanshawe, we didn't even think we were bringing it back. And I think it's been fun. Uh, I think people have been, enjoyed it. <clears throat> and there's been takeaways from our takes on the sort, those sort of things. And it was, uh, you know, with this whole pandemic and stuff like that, anytime we get a chance to come down and into the resistance base and, and make some content and do this stuff um, makes me feel better. So I'm glad that we decided to do that. Um, so be sure to check out the Mando fan show tomorrow for it's uh, sort of farewell for now episode. And then uh, like we said, we'll be back in October when Mando season two gets going, but no one's uh, ever really gone guys. Don't worry. Right. Yeah. So we choose <laughs> <Jake> space. <laughs> Sorry, God. Is that that line going on and on about the show that we've been doing? It's gone, but it's coming back. Is that the line? No one's ever really gone. Is that the line that's the most annoying line coming out of the sequel trilogy? Uh, are you just asking? Is like a whole? No, I'm asking you guys. I like that line. Like I have one that I can't stand anymore, and it's um, let the past die. I I hate when people use that. They use it too much. Do you guys have any lines? Kill it if you have to, John. Yeah, there you go. I yeah, I I think the one that it might not be the worst, but it's the one that I think people consider to be the worst was the um uh the rose line about the punching. Oh, I just put, want to punch this whole put city. Put my fist put through my this beautiful fists. town. Yeah. 
That's a rough I line. Guess, I, I think people point to that as like the worst line. But, but it's not I think you're talking about overuse. Yeah, right. I think the yeah. overused line is her saving what we love. Saving what love. we love, yeah. Right. Yeah. Or the, or the, we are the flame that will burn down the fire, which will start the light, which will ignite the fire to the which first then, lamp which will then fall over and it's like M&M mission M&M impossible <laughs> mission impossible then hits the cord which then lights the yeah. yeah exactly it's a rude goldberg quote yeah. <laughs> I think James which doing... then blows up but then sets a fire to the next yeah. thing <laughs> which will eventually lead to the first order but we're the spark <laughs> James, but all those steps are needed wall. it sounded like you were doing a little uh m&m Eight mile there for a bit. No. Palms are sweaty. Mom's spaghetti. Mom's spaghetti. Where the lights <laughs> fire, the sparks, the first order down. All right. Guys, Will the Force is back. <laughs> we have some cool topics to get into. James, what's going on? I fear nothing for all this as the Force wills it. Well, before we get started in Will of the Force, I do want to say that if you guys want to help support us on Patreon.com, you can head over to Patreon.com slash The Resistance Broadcast. Yeah. Hey. Allow myself to introduce myself. <laughs> I'm Richie Cunningham. <laughs> this is my wife, Oprah. This is my first time doing this. So, uh, But hey, if you are tears... We have tiers, you know how they go, as they set up. We have tiers two through five. You can submit questions and topics for this specific segment, which is Will the Force. Um, we have some good ones, you know, like I said, uh, it goes all the way from two all the way up to our generals, and that's why I just want to take a second here to thank the generals because they're the people who really keep the base running. Um, and that uh, our generals are Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, Micah Harrison, Tampa Movie Guy, Michael Gaines, Jetta Rosewater, Beer Fett Bethany, uh, Russ Harbison, uh, Kendall Gellner, and Val Trichkoff. So thank you, generals, very much for supporting us and keeping the base running. Um, I hope that you guys sent in uh, some good questions, but let's find out, actually. Um, the first one, the first Will of the Force question is from uh, an officer who is a commander, Commander Matt Howe. And Matt is wondering... Will Disney continue with the trilogy format for future films? I just thought about the whole introduce myself to myself <laughs> thing again. <laughs> John, kick us off. Yes, they will. But I think just for um, the continuation of like Ray's story and that stuff, I think the any other stories they tell, they may scrap the idea of we need a one, two, and three uh, thing, but I think for the sake of like, if they continue Ray and the ties to the Skywalker story stuff, they'll they'll keep those in those nice little trilogy packages. Um, so yes, but not for everything. That makes sense, Lacey. What do you think? I think that um, the uh, this is tough because you see the saga and you're like, obviously they did three. The plan was to always do you know the three prequels and then the three sequel um and then ryan johnson's been promised a trilogy right that was in the announcement that it was a trilogy originally mm-hmm. yeah um and we'll get to that yeah the, 
The weird thing for me, though, is that I feel like with the success of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they do sequels and even a third movie, but they don't do it unless the first one is a success. And I think that you could see more franchises, including Star Wars, moving into that model of unless it's the saga, like a Ray story, I think they're going to be like, okay, we'll make a sequel if it does well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say yes, but only for the saga films. So basically what John said. I'm sorry. I went on a long tangent and I basically just repeated Yeah, but you got to think it through. I, yeah. I, think, I think that it, yes, they will. Um, the only thing that really throws me for a loop is the fact that they announced three movies and then they backed out and they only have one movie right now on the on the slate. So then that makes me think they were like, oh, we're going to be doing trilogies like crazy. And then they're like, you know what? Maybe trilogies aren't the way to go. Let's just let's just start with one film and play it, play it by ear after that. Right. So I don't know. But I, I do still think that there's something interesting about the trilogy format um it's a three-part act yeah i i think i think they still like that and i think they feel like that is in a way like it's a very star wars thing i know sure. m- a bunch of other movies do that like uh, back to the future or some of their matrix right but i know they're getting ready to do another lord matrix, of the rings but- was star wars the yeah, first but- trilogy though um, I I feel like that might be true. Yes. Like, like did Star Wars create the coin the term trilogy? It might I have, think but I don't know. Potentially, I I wouldn't doubt that somebody's like, no, there were these movies from the fifties and they were real popular, and they it was that was the point is that they were doing three films. They said that from the beginning. You know, mm-hmm. there's probably something out there, but but I don't know. Um, I do think they're gonna probably stick with it though. Jane, I think don't- that's um. Don't, don't you think this answer is different from Disney's perspective like in 2017 when everything was an absolute hit and they're like, man, we're going to do a movie, two movies a year. And they're like, trilogies? Yeah. And now they're like, um. yeah, I, <laughs> I just think because yeah. I joined I the getting- podcast after The Last Jedi. I wonder what my perspective yeah. would have been before yeah. The Last Jedi. Yeah, I just I, I don't know. I, I don't know why they went down this route, but they, they put out The Last Jedi and then they put out Solo and then they're like, what lesson did we learn with this? People don't like Star Wars movies. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, it's right. the wrong lesson. Oh, like, geez. they're like, hmm, let's see, what do we learn from this? Let's stop making the movies. Let's stop announcing the movies. It's like, I don't know how your logic came to that. It's like, it's fair that you made The Last Jedi and it was confrontational. That's fine. But putting another movie right out, right after that last one, it does not mean that you're making too many movies. It just means you made the wrong movie in the wrong order (laughs) in a weird way. Like, I don't know. But yeah. Um, But I think when they finally figure it out and they get back to making movies, I still think they're going to have a trilogy that is like their big trilogy. So, right. Um, the next question is if Ezra Bridger is brought to live action, will he be played by Taylor gray? Who is the, obviously the actor who voiced him. So Lacey, this one's going right back at you. Uh, Ezra Bridger. Is he going to be played by Taylor gray? No, 
I don't think that he will. I think they'll, uh, based on the casting calls they've made for Ahsoka, I think they could easily just find someone else. So, no. Okay. John, what do you think? I'm going to say yes. There's something How about, dare you? There's something about him where he's done uh, live action acting um, mm-hmm. on a bigger scale than like Ashley Eckstein. And he could look like Ezra and he's not known. And I like that in Star Wars. Um, I think there's something about him that could work with this thing. Um, and it's it's kind of he's like. He's the main character of his story, but he's also kind of like the underdog and coming of age sort of thing. So it doesn't need to be perfect. And I, it's something about Taylor Gray that that when I looked at when I when I put this question together, I was like, that I think this this works. I think he could work. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say he will. Um, I understand that, John. I I do disagree, but I but I have a hard time coming to that conclusion because of the same points you made, which is I feel like he looks like the character. I feel like he is of the similar age as the character. He does have acting like actual on screen acting uh, in his background as well. But I think, I think the, the more interesting thing to me is that the, I, I don't know if this is where your question came from, but the, the rumor is that they are casting for Ezra Bridger, which to me says if they're casting, then they've already overlooked him. Yeah. Um, if that's possible, because they already if the they rumors have true. again, you know, yeah, yeah. If the rumor's true, they've already they've already looked at him, and then they said, "Nah, let's go ahead and try to cast somebody else." Um, I don't think his acting credits are enough. If uh, if you want to go long term, like maybe what he does in. I don't know, Randallorian season two, let's say he's there three or whatever is just a short little cameo. I think if somebody really cling to him or something like that, then, then they're kind of stuck with this person. So just doing the same thing that they did with Ashley. Yeah. They could throw her the bone, but we, we want to set up the potential that a character could be um, a long-term character. Let's get someone who can play one of our more promising animated characters, bringing them to, live action not, so i i agree with lacy not uh, and you you guys make good points i guess my my thing with that is like i don't want to see like tom holland playing ezra bridger and like having like star star here star here star here star here like sure like you ever watched the movie jfk like oliver stone it's like every popular actor in the world in 1993 is in that movie and then you look around that courtroom you're like i'm not watching the assassination trial of jfk i'm watching a you know 20 actors I know be in this thing. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, they, I mean, obviously when you're watching like Marvel too, you're like, Whoa, Chris Pratt and Tom Holland. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. so I, I mean, I get that too. Like, is it, is it weird that everybody in the Marvel cinematic universe also looks like a very famous actor <laughs> who yeah, right. apparently, you, you know what I mean? Like, have you ever thought about that? This is weird and off topic, but I think about pretty often how funny it is that in any movie where a famous actor is playing a role in that universe, that actor doesn't exist. Except like, so Deadpool. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Robert Downey Jr. does not exist because everybody would be like, why does Iron Man look exactly, why does Tony Stark look exactly like, you know what I mean? Except uh, Deadpool. Just Deadpool. What do you mean just Deadpool? Deadpool, Deadpool Ryan Reynolds exists in yeah. Deadpool. Oh, so yeah, does yeah. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, they're in but their that's, weird. But that's Deadpool's thing, though, breaking yeah. the fourth wall. Like that's Actually, what... you know what, though? Yeah, I, you can't say that, that Ryan Reynolds or Deadpool or Hugh Jackman exist. He could be referencing a parallel universe for the audience. He literally oh. shoots himself on screen. James, also, if we're going by rumors, like the, ru- oh, yeah, the rumor is that <laughs> yeah. that pro wrestler Sasha Banks is playing Sabine and she's never acted before. So by the by the barometer, if we're going by rumors and saying like, well, if the rumor's true that they're casting this guy, I think Taylor Gray is a little more experienced than... Uh, yes, very much so. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, we got another question coming from another one of our resistance officers. And this one is actually from one of the generals that I mentioned earlier, and that's Russ Harbison. And Russ wanted to know, uh, will we actually ever see the Ryan Johnson busted. I read all these right, ones. I just skipped over the question. Uh, or actually I'm going to go to you, Lacey. Um, mm. What do you think on this one? Will we ever see it? Okay. No. I want to, but no. Ooh. I think they would have. It's just like we've had this conversation a lot, I feel, over the past year specifically. Because um, it's like anytime he gets a microphone in front of him, they're like, so Star Wars? And he's like, oh, well, we're we're thinking about it. We're considering it. We're still talking. And then it turned into, oh, well, there was this time we talked about it three months ago. And then it was like, well, I have ideas. And it's like every time he kind of talks about it. And then with the recent statement about that book he was working on the behind the scenes photo book, which I am like obsessed with and I really want. Uh, mm-hmm. He was just like, yeah, well, we were considering it, but it's kind of been put on hold. I'm like, why was it put on hold? Like those are photos of a movie that's already out. Like that that's already happened. So what does that mean for projects that are coming if they don't want to publicize a book or work on a book of photographs of a movie that did very well that, people like so i i'm gonna say no with the with the understanding to everybody listening to this that i want it why do you you hate ryan johnson Lacey? i just i feel it i can't i like ryan johnson (laughs) have you have you tried telling him that he failed star wars fans on any one of his twitter posts that are unrelated to star wars movies (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> John, what do you think about the Ryan Johnson trilogy? You think it's coming? This is the age-old question. This is like the non-canon age-old question about like Yoda and his species. This is the it's real literally life the Star Wars. Like, when is the trailer coming out? When are we getting a title? Like, yeah. that's the new question. I mean, we're, so it this well, Russ wants to know this October. It'll be three years since that announcement. Um, I do not think we're getting a Ryan Johnson trilogy. I think. Even though he has a massive um, online support from a lot of diehard fans of The Last Jedi, I do think overall the general Star Wars audience did not love The Last Jedi. Uh, I did. I still do. Um, but I think that whole adage I, I bring up about the juice isn't worth the squeeze, and maybe it isn't for him either. Um, does bringing Ryan Johnson back to Star Wars, is it worth um, all the baggage that has come with it like i do that whole pre-tlj post-tlj star wars fandom and it's a real thing 
um, pre-TLJ, things were all rosy and hunky-dory, and everyone loved each other, and they're like, wow, this is great, Star Wars is back, and then TLJ happens, and everyone split when the Earth shattered and took this path or this path. So, uh, I don't think we will. Maybe I think we'll that was see. Force Awakens, actually. Yeah, the and he, they jumped on, on one Star side or the other. Yeah, but and maybe he'll get a story in a first uh, from a certain point of view, and he'll, they'll let him write one of those. <laughs> I <don't know>. Oh my! <laughs> I love Ryan Johnson. I just don't think it, at this point. I just don't think it's going to happen. I love TLJ. I gave it the, a ninety-eight out of a hundred in my review. So the book is just a red flag to me. Like, why would you? Why would they pause that? Ryan Johnson, who knows how to write a story better than anybody, is saying we're still thinking about ideas. No, you're not. Yeah, you, the you Oscar- have ideas. The Oscar nominated. Yeah, you have ideas. They, they they clearly don't want to go forward with them because they're not they're having a hard time coming up with ideas. You are good at making ideas. Something is not fitting here. So just logically mm-hmm. speaking, it just seems like it's not going to happen. Right. He's he's getting his trilogy. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> I uh, hope the, so. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so too. But look, I the thing is is. If if they wanted to if they wanted to close the door and they didn't think that it was a good idea to, to bring him back or they didn't I mean they want to work with him but they just feel like as a business decision they can't he would have been they would have announced it so long ago and that's be, the reason it hasn't been announced that they've they've quietly cut ties or they try to put the story out there and then bury it with some other story is because it's still happening and it, and the thing is is that i th- i think you guys are right i think that the reason ryan johnson is saying well i'm still working on it is because he hasn't put his full-fledged effort towards it because it's not happening anytime soon this is like somebody saying like hey man i'm i'm going to give you a million dollars i guarantee it it's going to happen it's like, well, what are you going to buy with that million dollars? Well, it's like, well, I don't know. I've kind of kicked some things around, but until I actually know that I'm getting it, like until uh, until I actually start getting the money, that's when I'm going to really start thinking about what I'm going to do with the money. Um, I, mm-hmm. I think that he's, he's kicked things around because he knows he's getting it. Um, the thing about the book too, though, Lacey, is like that is not so much a red flag to me. Um that he's not getting it, but I just think uh, Ryan Johnson is not canceled. Like I, I just really don't think that Lucasfilm is going, we don't know how to announce that he's not working on star Wars anymore. So we're just going to pretend for years that he's still involved, but, but actually literally nothing revolving around the last Jedi is ever going to exist anymore. We're never going to publish books about it. We're never going to anything that is even remotely close to Ryan Johnson is saying, dead and gone. I'm it's not saying like, that necessarily. I'm saying a specific behind the scenes book for of Ryan's photos. I'm not saying yeah, that pro- anything with the last Jedi won't be published or I'm saying this is a specific Ryan Johnson project. I, I hear that, but I, I feel like what I tap into when you're saying that is the underlying issue of why they are not releasing it is because they are cutting ties with or they're afraid to put out things that are Ryan Johnson related. And I, I, I don't think that's what's happening. I think that the people over at Lucasfilm are very aware that they just can't ignore Ryan Johnson forever. Like if, if he really was... If they don't want to move forward with him, then they all they have to do is say, 
it's just not happening anymore. Was and he at the that. Rise of Skywalker premiere? No. It's not a it, it's worse Ram for Lucasfilm. These 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 are smart people. They know that it's worse for them to just keep ignoring it than to just cut it. You say and the that, they're but not they, cutting it is because it's still happening. Yeah, you say that though, but they didn't announce Colin Trevorrow for like four or five months that he was fired. Yeah, well, I mean, I I understand that. I but think that there's a lot that's of stuff. finding the best time to do it. I think that's having a strategic exit. But it's like when you wear it's like when you wear your clothes. If you don't wear that shirt at any point during the year, then you throw it out because you don't wear it. They've gone longer than a year. They've gone longer than two years. So I, I think that honestly, that there is a conscious decision not to make a decision because they're afraid about the outcome of either way. They're afraid if they say, yes, they're doing it, what's going to happen? And they're afraid that they say, no, it's not happening. What's going to happen? And they were waiting to see the reaction to the Rise of Skywalker to continue on with these projects. And I think the Rise of Skywalker once again got a reaction they were not hoping for and that they're changing that I, output. I yeah. disagree with that. I, 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 think, I, I, think that, I think that's crazy talk. I think more Okay, people- I don't think it's crazy talk, so I don't... Think well, you say it's I mean, crazy. It in the sense I think of there's like, logic built in there somewhere. <laughs> I think the overall perception of the rise of Skywalker from general Star Wars fans is better than how we see it inside the diehard bubble. Um, but, but you with, could say the same thing for the Last Jedi. No, that's the opposite. I think. I think. Yeah, I think that might be the opposite. Yeah. Um, is the general fan was probably like, man, I didn't really like that one. They ruined. There's Luke one Skywalker. factor here that we're not talking about. The core fans, and that is the person who wanted to give episode nine to Ryan Johnson, Kathleen Kennedy. If she's gone after 2021, so might the idea of Ryan Johnson movie trilogy. She's she's the biggest proponent of Ryan Johnson. Uh, Michelle, which Redgwan, I think is crazy. It's just so crazy. Huh? That's I true. think it's just so crazy if that if that is true. I know you're just throwing it out there as like a hey, this might be the case. Yeah. Like to me, that's crazy. Like the things he brought to Star Wars and the ideas that he had, like you said, and and the creativity that we've seen with other projects he's done, like Knives Out. Yeah. It's just a disservice to to not move forward with it. I agree completely. I, I want to see his Star Wars movies. I'm just saying from the logical perspective of who was involved who wanted him around, who wanted to give him episode nine, who is it was Kathleen Kennedy, where you have Michelle Regwan, who's second in command right now, was J.J. Abrams producer. Um, she was probably more pushing for J.J.'s side of things. Is she still going to be around? So all those moving parts are really, I think, going to dictate what the future of Ryan sure. Johnson's project is uh, more so than what has happened in the past. Because if Kathleen Kennedy has gone... I think the chance of Ryan Johnson stuff happening decreases because I don't think Disney uh, is the biggest fan of the reaction to The Last Jedi. I think that... I mean, that led to... I well, agree with that. Yeah, so I, 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 I think it really comes down to... Is Kathleen Kennedy going to be here? I don't think she is after 2021. And then who knows what happens after that. A lot of these projects we may be hearing about may get completely just shelved. I, I I still find it very surprising that there there would be this like feud of like well 
I know I'm not approved to give Ryan Johnson a trilogy, but we're not going to publicly fire him until I leave. So then you can publicly fire. Him. Like, I just think that's such a weird situation, but I agree. You're right. Like in, in any situation where, you know, wormhole up, it's up in the sky and sharks come out and they're shooting everybody. It's like, well, things change. <laughs> you know, yeah. like all of a sudden now uh, we're worried about the the fighting sharks and not so much of Ryan Johnson's getting his trilogy. So that got canceled because something crazy happened. Yeah. Right. Um, if a big regime change happens at Disney or Lucasfilm specifically, then, yeah, things might change my opinion. But as of right now, that that's not really in the future. And right now they have not canceled his trilogy. And I feel like that's still no matter what they have to know the best thing to do. Like I'm in a bad relationship with this girlfriend, break up with her. Like (laughs) that's, you know, if it's not working out, it's not working out. They're, they're smart people. They got it anyway. That, but that could be a whole discussion. Couldn't it? We should probably do the last will of the force question, then move on to the real discussion. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, good points all around. Um, except for that one that I made fun of Lacey for. I'm sorry, Lacey. It's fine. That's crazy talk. Uh, yeah. If Taika so Waititi's crazy. Star Wars film is the one that Kevin Feige is producing, will it star an actor or actress from the Marvel Cinematic Universe? John, back to you real quick. No. What do you think? No. No. Just surprising. Uh, enough. Really. You're going to get the, the writer, Marvel, director, Marvel, producer, Marvel, and actor. That's saying like, yes, we need Marvel great. to save Star Wars. Ain't going to happen. Brie Larson, I know you love and you want to be a Jedi. I know everyone wants you to be a Jedi. See ya, sister. Lacey, what do you think? Yeah, this question just screamed Brie Larson to me. Like, that's what it was saying. Like, would he put Brie Larson in a role? I only brought her up because she's the one who said I'd like to be in Star Wars. When I read this question, that's what I thought of. Because, you know, they had her at the Galaxy's Edge opening. She's taking all these photos. She's always posting photos of her as a Jedi. Imagine, like, Paul Rudd uh, as a Jedi. That wouldn't surprise me. Paul Rudd, like, he somehow fits in every role, but yet at the same time, he's Paul Rudd. Like, you see him and you're like, it's Paul Rudd, but, like, it works. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think so. Uh, they're going to get someone that's unknown, I think. I think that's the formula that's worked so far with Star Wars, um, is finding these younger or older, no, age doesn't matter, uh, unknown actors that could tell the stories and I don't think they need a well-known name because it is Star Wars. That's my No, answer. I disagree. Yeah. Okay. I, I absolutely think that they're going to, they're going to pull from that Marvel cinematic universe Ooh. because it's massively successful. Um, they've been doing it behind the scenes and there's no real reason why not to even Marvel cinematic universe has, it used to be a joke to be in superhero movies. And now you have like big name actors all wanting to be in the Marvel universe I wonder if and their I, contracts are with Disney or with Marvel specifically, because if they have a contract that's like three movies with Disney. I think it's Marvel I Studios. Bet, I, I bet mm. it's Marvel Studios. That's what I would think. Um, but I, but I I still think that, you know, they're they're wanting to pull from what they've already done that's successful. Like, you know, um, I mean, that <laughs> there's no need to explain it any further. I, I think that they have something that works. James, go on record and... right now. Pick one person. Who is it going to be? Let's go. Um... Everyone remember this moment. 
He's trying not to say Brie Larson right now. James hates going. <laughs> no, Brie Larson would be like the absolute last person I would think too. <laughs> I actually think Brie Larson's starting to lose her steam. I think they put her in Captain Marvel, and and while some fans absolutely were like supporting her and stuff, I think the general audience was like, mm, "About Mace Windu never died, and they bring Samuel Jackson." <laughs> um, <laughs> no, nah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know who the the person would be, but you know. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I think you're even looking at, it's not going to be Chris Pratt, but I'm saying like when you're looking at like even a Chris Pratt, like what is like his next big project going to be, you know, all those people are looking to score something like Star Wars Indiana you know? Jones. and they're in with the right people and they already have franchises that are successful. So you're going on record saying Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be in the Taika Waititi Star Wars movie. I'd like to be, uh, for it to be the Zendaya. Zendaya? From Tom Holland? Not Tom Holland. <laughs> hmm. um, right. I think she would be great. Zoe? Awesome. Right, is that her name? No, Zendaya. Zo- what am I thinking of? Zoe MJ? Saldana? I'm so I'm all messed up. <laughs> Chadwick Boseman? You think I <laughs> all right. Um, all right, that's it. Uh, for Will of the Force, do you want to head over to the discussion? Our discussion this week... Did the sequel trilogy change how we view Han, Luke, and Leia? Obi-Wan once thought as you do. For 32 years, the characters of Han, Luke, and Leia have been cemented in pop culture from the moment we first met them in A New Hope to their celebratory photo at the end of Return of the Jedi. All three characters returned in 2015's The Force Awakens over three decades later. So let's discuss each character and whether their roles in the sequel trilogy changed our perception of them. Uh, we'll kind of go through each one so we're not dancing around too much. So let's start with Han Solo. Um, my first thought about Han Solo is kind of that analogy where you don't want to see uh, your heroes get old um, and like past their prime. I think he's the guy who um, you kind of everyone kind of looked up to even though he was a little bit of a jerk he had the swagger uh he always kind of got things done it's like seeing your favorite athlete in their prime and then seeing them try to hang on at the end of their career that's what kind of han solo was um did it change my perception of him um maybe a little because i'm surprised he fell back into his old ways and didn't stay on the path he was um at at the end of return of the jedi you kind of feel like all right him and leia got this thing going on he's going to retire from that uh, old life he's put that past him he's now a hero he's going to go celebrate and live that kind of life and he found himself back to where he was before he met luke and leia which is kind of sad in a way um so i think that maybe changed my perception of him a little bit um so where are you guys first thoughts uh did it did it change your perceptions at all uh with han solo james you want to go um i you know I think uh, I think that when I when you proposed this question, I was really trying to figure, you know, what really changed about each one of these characters in the sequel trilogy, and then you know, obviously trying to then reflect on how that affected my view of them as a character as a whole. Um, and I think that I might not have thought some of this stuff had you not posed this question to begin with <laughs> which is interesting it means that the sequel trilogy had less of an effect on me than this question did <laughs> um yeah. so like 
one of the things I was thinking about was like, well, what do I think? Why do I think Han came back to help? And it made me really think about, well, I don't think he did it because he believed in the rebellion. I think he did it because he became friends with Luke and he became friends with Leia. And I think he wanted to do it for his friends. And I think that that actually, all that he's doing, even when it comes to Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, I think he was in it for his friends. But when we see him in the sequel trilogy, he encounters Ray and Finn, and they ask him to get back into this. And he's not friends with them. I think he does it because over the years he's changed his perception on the force and the reality of how everything is connected. And I think he makes those decisions now more based on because he knows it's the right thing to do. So I think his, his growth of a character and his understanding of the universe has expanded, um, beyond, uh, where he was, where he was not selfish anymore, but he was still kind of in it for, him and his friends and stuff. And now I think he's more in it because the force in the universe is telling him what's right and wrong. So I don't know. I don't know if I have as good of answers for Luke and Leia though. (laughs) I think you both made mid made very good points. Um, Han is tough for me because when I watch The Force Awakens and I see the older Han, like John was talking about, I kind of see my dad a little bit, like a little rough around the edges. You you, you know his story, but you don't know the kind of in-between story of how he got to this point. Um, and, you know, the saying of old habits die hard, like he's back to doing what he was doing in the beginning. And you're kind of like, okay, well, where's Leia? Where's Luke? What What happened? What's going on? Um, And I think it does play into that character growth, like you said, James, where he makes choices for what's the best thing to do for everyone and not just himself. But um, it's it's tough. Han Solo is tough for me. Um, I think hearing Lawrence Kasdan talk about it has helped where he said, you know, the way I wrote Han and Luke and Leia, but specifically Han in The Force Awakens was that no matter how old you are or what you've gone through, there's certain mistakes you still make. Like, just because you're older doesn't mean you're necessarily wiser. You necessarily have all the answers. Um, They've just experienced more than Rey and Finn. Um, And I think hearing that from Lawrence Kasdan, I was like, okay, that makes sense. You know, Han's not perfect. He's never been perfect. And that's why he's kind of so charming and lovable is that he does make mistakes. He he is a little selfish at times. But in the long run, like you said, James, he makes that right choice. Um, I think seeing him in The Force Awakens, um, he makes the choice to go see Ben, Kylo Ren, and knowing that it's not very probably going to go well. Um it's just, I don't know, it's hard, I think, and we're going to get into as we go through these characters, you're going to hear it from me at least. The sequel trilogy for me 
is harder for me on the older characters than it is for the newer ones. Like, I think the sequel trilogy is obviously for the new characters and their stories and being the heroes, but the way that the old characters from the original original trilogy get not necessarily treated, I don't think that's the right word, but the way that they're written and the development they have kind of goes against what I grew up with a little bit. And it, and I have a tough time with some of the, the decisions they make, um, including Han Solo kind of ditching Leia and going back to what he knew because he feels responsible somewhat for what happened to Kylo Ren. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's tough to see because you, for me at least, I grew up loving all these characters. I'm sure you guys did too. But it's like seeing your your family fail, you know, like seeing people you care about like fall into that old behavior that you were like I thought we were past this I thought we we've moved on from this stuff and then you open up the movie and he's there he is doing what you were like come on we progressed right um so it's tough to watch but it makes for good storytelling yeah So, so I I agree with that and it makes me think about um how you adapt to the people you surround yourself with. So right. when he was rolling with Leia and Luke, it made him a better person because he was around right. people who were selfless. And right. he uh, probably not even consciously um, developed a lot of their traits and he um, wanted to be there for him, like James said. So it's like a mixture of those things. But then on the other side, it's also the um, reacting to your personal um hardships and uh, circumstances around things that happen to you by people you care about. So like we see Kira um, betray Han in that way. And that's what creates the scoundrel, the I only care about myself, that that Han Solo that's not the optimist, that Han Solo that's like, you know what? If I only do what I do for me, I can't get hurt. That's Mm -hmm. the Han Solo we see in the cantina. Mm -hmm. Um, So then you think about Kylo Ren turning to the dark side, his son turning to the dark side, and we meet this old grizzled Han Solo who's like, no one left to swindle. He's back to his old ways because that's everything that's there with Leia reminds him of what happened with Ben. So let me go back to what I did with Chewie. It was simpler. Let's do this. And they ask him about it. You're Han Solo, the rebellion general. He's like, I used to be. Like, he just says Mm -hmm. it. He's just done with it. He's like, I don't want to... If I go back and visit that, it's harder for me, even though they probably would need me. This is easier for me. Me and Chewie doing this thing, I get it. It's simple. I know how to do that without being getting my emotions involved. Right. Yeah. So, I I, I mean, it. It that's what changed my perception of Han Solo because, again, like, I guess the three of us are saying, he kind of went full circle and lost all the progress he had made. And that kind of bummed me out about him. Definitely. So I, maybe that part is what changed about my perception of uh, Han Solo from what I knew coming out of Return of the Jedi. Right. Agreed. Do we want to move on to Luke or James? Did you have a reaction to that on Han? Just that I don't, I, I really don't take, I never took to the like, oh, their relationship failed aspect to it. Um, and and the other thing is, I, I think a lot of people put that on Han. Like, he's like, oh, he left. But 
I think Leia did the same thing. I think they both had a reaction. And she says that, but he just says it first, which makes it implies that it happened first chronologically as well. Like, I went back to the only thing I knew I was good at. Yeah. She said, so did I. Yeah. But we don't know that chronologically he was trying to hang around and she was just getting too back into politics. That's fair. You know, she was burying him as well. But I, but I, like I said, I don't, I don't factor in on their relationship. Like the relationship failed. I think that they are two adults who love each other and they had a tragic situation happen with their son and they just, they're, they're separated, but they obviously still care about each other. They're still very closely involved. So I I don't, I don't know. I I never really put too much of the like failed relationship on it. I I just saw it as like this is where life led them, and it's still the same old Han Solo that I know. Okay, so all so right. So I, not- I, I I don't I don't really take to the like the backtrack thing, but I, I'm fair fair to move on to Luke because yeah. I feel like with most people, Luke is the big change. Yeah, especially for people who don't like the Last Jedi. Let's be honest, but um, you could like the yeah. Last Jedi, but not be okay with the way Luke progressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fair. All right, so 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 James, you want to start then with Luke? Well, I mean, I I you know I think Luke's an interesting one because I think most people would say he had the the drastic change or he had the biggest change between um the where we left off and where he came in here and. I don't know. Like I said, this question made me start thinking and it's, you know, I get that aspect of like, oh, he was optimistic and he had a lot of faith that his father could be turned back. He wasn't the kind of person that like just looked at every situation pessimistically like he seems to do in the other one. But as someone who likes The Last Jedi, I tend to try to find why that's the same old Luke. Um, And... You know, it, it's interesting because anything that you put in the sequel trilogy is going to change our perspective of the um, character that it was. But I think, like, had you said, um, hey, let me tell you another story about Luke Skywalker. Uh, you know, he has some failings in his life, but then he, you know, ultimately sorts it all out and comes back in a glorious way. Like, I'm like, yeah, that, that sounds sounds like the same Luke to me, you know. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I guess the only thing that is really interesting is now that I know that Luke plays with the dark side a little bit, um, and tests it just to kind of see, you know, what's over there before coming back to the light. It does play a little bit into the times that he did that in the original trilogy. Like for instance, the emperor saying this weapon, you want it, take it try to kill me. You can do it right now. You know? And he's like, okay, turns around, grabs it, goes for the emperor. And Darth Vader's like, nope. So had Darth Vader not been there, Mm -hmm. Luke would have been dark side. Yeah. That was, that was the moment. And he went for it, but Vader stopped him. Okay. So I don't know. It's just just interesting because it's in a weird way. It's like a different perceiving of, of the same character in my mind. So you, so you, you saying your perception of Luke really hasn't changed much after the sequel trilogy. I think that, it, that, that this conversation is inevitable. There are things that are going to be different about the, the original okay. one. I think what changes the most for me is I find it interesting to see where Luke ended up and to be like, 
how is that character that on the surface seems so different how is that character the same character in the original trilogy? Mm-hmm. And it makes me highlight aspects of his character that were there. And they were always there, but I never really paid attention to. All right, cool. Right on. All right, Lacey, where are you at with Luke now, uh, having watched the whole sequel trilogy? Did it change your views of your first hero uh, that you learned about at uh, Stu Leonard's when you picked up that trilogy? I actually want you to go first. Well, James just went first. Well, I mean before me. <laughs> So I'm with James. How dare you wake break wind before me? <laughs> we're all about these Austin Powers references that if we don't say they're Austin Powers references, people are going to think we're so bizarre. But I think most people will get yeah. this. Um, I, yeah, I'm kind of with James here. I To me, Luke Skywalker, the, I, I did not change my perception of Luke Skywalker, uh, especially when you take into consideration the rise of Skywalker. So you have to add that in too because that's the, the end of his story. Um, cause I always saw Luke as a bit of a, um, pessimist. It was always, e- even in his most virtuous, I'm a Jedi now, he always seemed to have like doubts about things and it was always, oh, I can't do that. Oh, we'll never get out of here. Or we'll never do that. He was always very, that's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. He was always very pessimistic about things. And that's the same Luke we see in the last Jedi is just, He's an older man now. And he's like, well, what am I going to do? Just face down the First Order with a laser sword? Like, I can't do that. It's the same exact Luke Skywalker. And like you said, uh, James, about the temptation, and he's looking at his hand with the lightsaber, and he almost did it, but he didn't do it, and he held back. And him not doing it is the same restraint of not killing Darth Vader, uh, his dad. That's a good point, John. I want to see a, I want to see a fan-made like super cut of every time... It's like it's called optimistic Luke, and it's just a supercut of him being there. Like we can't do that. There's no way. We'll never That's sell it impossible. for that much. Like all, right. yeah. all the yeah, right. all the cuts are like every time he said something that's like we're wasting our time. Obviously not true because we know how the story goes. Like, but he most of your experience with Luke Skywalker out of like six movies is him being a bit pessimistic about situations, even though he's. <laughs> the our good guy um so but those droids are never gonna make it that far right <laughs> like, so so for me like looking back at luke even um when people paint him with that brush and tlj saying like oh he would never be like that that's not my hero luke it's like you know when ray leaves he still has his white robes on he puts those back on and he's still luke skywalker but he didn't want her to know that and uh, that's a big difference. And like right before she shows up, he's putting his white robe away nicely. Like he still believes in everything that is going on. He just doesn't want to get back involved because he feels like he's going to cause more problems. He's being more of a martyr than a ass. Yes, screw you guys. Uh, and I think a lot of people like don't look at it that way. And then Yoda shows up and, and wraps him on the nose and says, you know, remember, you stupid. This is the deal. This is what you got to do. Um, so I, I get, went into this thinking... I was going to fall into that trap saying like my perception of Luke really changed a lot, but it really, I think out of the three characters has changed the least after the sequel trilogy. And I actually like um, the consistency of Luke had that person grown up, uh, which he did. Lacey, Lacey your is turn. about to drop a bomb on us. Uh, I completely disagree with both of you. <laughs> um, I'm going to do what I always do and say, it's not my story. It was my character to write. I respect the decisions that were made. 
However, if we're talking about personal reactions and personal perceptions to the character, um, I had a very, very upsetting reaction to Luke Skywalker the first time I saw The Last Jedi. I came out of it and I sat in silence for like 45 minutes. Like I was so upset with how Luke Skywalker was handled because growing up, Yes, you can say that he says those phrases, but to me, those pessimistic, like, we can't do this, is the immaturity of Luke that he grows into being a Jedi Master in the Return um, return, return of the Jedi. So you see him in the beginning kind of being like, I can't do this. This is impossible. I, I don't, you know, not having that confidence and then having, you know, the the dark cloaked Jedi master that arrives to Jabba's palace who's ready to like kick butt and save all his friends. All you see in the original trilogy from the moment you meet Luke to the last scene of Return of the Jedi is him making choices to save his friends. So you can't tell me that he would go off to an island and ditch everything he knows and all the people he cares about because he feels bad about the way he treated Ben. So when you meet him in The Last Jedi, the story makes sense. You know, he he did something terrible to Ben. He feels responsible. He runs away, looking to the horizon type thing. But at the same time, the Luke that we know from the original trilogy that leaves the series on such a high, positive note, he turned Darth Vader to the light side. He redeemed his father, who has done so much damage and chaos in his wake. You're going to tell me that same guy is sucking a boob of a monster with green milk and is fishing because he doesn't want to help the people he cares about, because he doesn't want to get involved. Like, if there's anything that Luke Skywalker is, it's the guy that rushes to his friend's defense. And when I saw him in The Last Jedi, I went, like, I'm not going to lie. I went, who is this? Who is this guy? And we've talked about it before. James, I know you and I have felt this way. The the Force Awakens, when the lightsaber goes flying, I thought that was the moment. That was like, Luke Skywalker is back. And honestly, even though I love where he shows up and I love the moment he has with Leia and I love that he takes on the First Order, even though he said he wouldn't with a laser sword, I don't feel like... It's the moment that I personally wanted with Luke Skywalker in the sequel trilogy. Like, I feel like if Luke had that stand down moment in the last movie, I would have a different perspective because, sorry. Real quick. So Mm -hmm. I'm getting your reaction to how they handled it, but did it change how you view Luke Skywalker now? Yes, it makes me super sad thinking about him. Yes, absolutely. Um, I like don't even, I, I like don't even like want to think about Luke Skywalker in the sequel trilogy because I don't think, Oh wow. I don't think he is the person that I grew up loving and that was my childhood hero. Like he's okay. this like negative grumpy guy. And I say this all the time, but especially with Star Wars, like for me, this is an escape. It's a it's a fun escape adventure that is giving you tons of themes and and having lovable characters. But at the end of the day, the good guys win and it leaves you feeling great. 
The Last Jedi didn't do that for me, and it's because of the way things ended with Luke. So yeah, I have a completely different perspective of Luke because of The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is one of those things that I'm sure with other fans too, over time it might change a little bit more. But I feel like when you love something so much for so long and you love it a specific way, like he's walking into Jabba's palace as the hero, he turns his dad, he saves the galaxy, and then you, the next time you meet him, he's tossing lightsabers and not willing to help. That to me is like this like moment of like, wait, what? What is going on? And I find that a lot of people have said things like, oh, well, you know, that's his character development. It makes sense for all the things that he did. And, um, you know, it, it's, it makes sense for his character to be alone and to be grumpy and all these other things. But the moments that we love Luke the most for are the moments when he goes to do the right thing and stands up for his friends and is optimistic that things will work out. Like, one of the best moments is when he stands down Palpatine and decides, I'm not going to fight. So, yeah, you could say, well, that's what he's doing on the island. But is he really? Because to me, it seems like he's hiding. And I get that when they were promoting The Last Jedi, they were like, oh, well, uh, you know, sometimes you meet your heroes and they're not who you want them to be. Sometimes you just want the hero to be the hero and there doesn't have to be a deeper story there. Yeah. You yeah. I, I definitely think there's there's two there's always two arguments to this stuff too. Like I remember back in the day when people were upset over something that was going on in the walking dead and they were like, that character would never have done that. And I'm like, the character did do that. Right, so you're right, wrong. Right. Right. Beca- and then, right. which is and why then I becomes, preface this with, I didn't write it. So it's not my yeah, decision. I'm just it, saying from my own personal. Reaction. I know. I know at that time it was around the same time, you know, last Jedi. I don't remember if it was before or after, but around that time I started exploring what the issues people had was. And it was the fact that they didn't, they didn't like what the writer chose to do with that character because they felt like it was that the writer was wrong, you know? And I'm like, Stop looking at the writer. Stop and start looking at the story that is. You know what yeah. I mean. And and you know I I think that applies to Star Wars too. And I I understand both arguments. Is like, um, what was the Rise of Skywalker good? No, because it could have been better. I think they it was great. Could have made it better. You know, I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying. You know, like in any situation, like they should have done this or they could have done that. And they didn't do it, so therefore it wasn't good. It's like, well, you know, well, that's what happened. You know, in in the story, it doesn't matter if it was exciting or not. Someone's telling you a story, and that's the way that it went down. It, yeah, it probably would have been cooler if there was 10 Harrier jets there too, but <laughs> there weren't. Yeah. So that, I think that's the, not the story. Yeah, no, I totally hear that. And I think the biggest thing that I have been grappling with is the idea that Luke would run away and not come to help. That's what's bothering me. You know, another thing to add to this too for me personally is that Mm -hmm. like, I I know that sometimes in in life when we're first starting off, we we think we have a pretty good grasp on the situation because at the age of development that we're at, we are only being told so much of the story. Like you hear stories about like in history, like, oh, this guy was a king or oh, this guy like discovered this land or something like that. And then like years later, you find out more about that story. And it's like, well, he discovered that land, but he also like killed a bunch of people to take that land from them or whatever, you know? 
And um, when it comes to the force, the force has a lot of spiritual ties. And I think like religion is like that too. I mean, you start off and what we teach our kids is that Jesus loves you, right? And then like you get further into the Bible and development and trying to understand what God's love really means. It's harder. And it's, it's very easy to at one point be like, I'm totally in and I get this and nothing can stop me. And I'm super positive about all of this. And then where, you know, people end up sometimes is just like, I have so much wisdom now that it's hard to cope with the whole gravity of how everything is connected. You know what I mean? A lot of his arguments. I'm not really sure where you're going with this. I'm trying to follow. Because. Because Luke Skywalker, you know, he's he's telling Rey, this is why the Jedi have to end is I'm grappling with the fact that when I step in, I set off the balance that is that belongs to the universe. It does not belong to us. It does not belong to me. And you only get that from years and years of studying texts. And oh, I mean, he, I've skimmed I mean, them. I guess I, 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 I don't know. But but I think that's what's interesting about someone who, you know, really dove in and and tried to be the best Jedi that he could. The more he learned about the Jedi ways, the more it was like, maybe I shouldn't be messing with this stuff. I was really stoked when I became a Jedi. Yeah. But if you step back from that, Luke as a person, not even Luke as a Jedi, Luke as a person Mm. was willing to always to jump in to help his friends. So if you take away the Jedi stuff, him running away and not helping and and Han and Leia kind of being left to pick to pick up the pieces, which yeah. then Han kind of goes off to do his own thing. So if you I, look at Luke as a person. I 100 percent agree. I, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying that I, I also think it's fun to explore the, the idea that he thinks the way he's helping his friends and the universe and everybody is by shutting it down. It's a bad system. There, Stop. That's, you know. It's one of those things about um, the sequel trilogy's impact that is going to age well. And it, it's one of those, um, there's so many different ways to look at it. And, it you know, people like, it could have been the easy thing where the green lightsaber comes and Luke beats everybody and it's great. And we are all on the same page. Well, that was awesome. Luke came back, saved the day. Um, but I like, and that would have been great. Um, I'm not even saying it has to be that though. I feel like you, you guys are. are jumping to the complete opposite of saying, oh, well, because you didn't uh, I like didn't this. finish my point, but yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, what I'm saying is I think the complexities of this trilogy allow us to all have varying ways of looking at it, like we're saying from a certain point of view, that mm-hmm. are all correct because we see them and there's truths in every aspect of it. And it's yeah, kind of like I, it's kind of like how you see art. It's in the eye of the beholder, right? With what you're saying, Lisa, yeah. Yeah. So we're saying you're right. And I agree with points you're saying. I agree with points James is saying. And then there's other layers you can look at it. Like you can say, you know, Leia told Luke in The Return of the Jedi, you know, if he can feel your presence, run away. Go away. Like that's what what I need you to do right now. So there's other ways that this can be looked at. Um, But ultimately, did Luke Skywalker change in your views? To me, no. To Lacey, yes. But in the end, it's interesting to talk about. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But we have to talk about Leia too, right? Yep. So Lacey, you didn't start one of these off. So why don't you start with Leia? Did 
She obviously uh, was hindered a bit because of her passing, and they, they did everything they could to give her an arc in the third one. I personally thought it was her best in the sequel trilogy, but did Carrie Fisher and Leia in the sequel trilogy change your overall perception of the character of Leia? So Leia is, is interesting because, like you said, it's hard to not think of what could have been mm-hmm. given she was still alive. <laughs> yeah. Um, Even more so like the, what the, how the creators wrote the story as right. opposed to what was really the story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I think that her presence in the sequel trilogy is true to who Leia is that we meet in the uh, original trilogy. I think Carrie Fisher um, played an active role in her dialogue and in her character development. Cause she lives and breathes, princess leia um so i think it was just great i i loved it i loved everything about princess leia general organa in the sequel trilogy i love how they handled her and her situation in the rise of skywalker um i think for me the one thing that changed leading into the sequel trilogy is the idea that luke trained her that for me was like really really cool because growing up that's the one thing i always wanted to see was leia being a jedi too and I never got that. So the idea that she did have a moment where she was um, able to be a Jedi and like we see her use force powers in The Last Jedi, that was really cool. But yet still be that consistent, sharp, witty, intelligent, strong character throughout all three movies in the sequel trilogy. Like my perception hasn't really changed. She's still awesome. She's still one of the best characters. That's a good point. Um, I, mine is very more surfacey with Leia, um, just because of the point you said about the fact that she becomes a, a master of the Force and she has a right. Padawan in Red. Right. She takes over from Luke. I never would have imagined that coming out of the Leia I knew from the original trilogy. It was just Luke was the Jedi, Leia was the leader, uh, Han was Han, and. I never would have associated her with using the force, even though her and Luke had the connections and Yoda said there's another and it's Leia and, you know, Vader saying I could turn her to the dark side. It's all there. Um, But I never would have in my head guessed that she would have um, uh, trained, established the powers enough to where she could teach someone. She had her own lightsaber, like none of that stuff. So all that changes my whole view on Leia right there on the surface. Um, the other thing that is probably more beneath the surface for me and a, on a darker sense with Leia that changes my perception of her is like her, I, I just view Leia in the sequel trilogy as, um, sad, uh, that just, 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 there's just this, and I don't know, maybe I carry some of that because of Carrie Fisher's death when I view her, but Thinking about her talking to Luke in Return of the Jedi saying, I remember my mom, just images really, and I just remember her being very beautiful but very sad. And that's how I view Leia in the sequel trilogy. Um, I In the, in the original trilogy, she's uh, sassy, uh, smart aleck, uh, knows what she's doing, someone's got to save our skins, take charge, be the leader. And in this one, she's more subdued. Obviously, she's older now, but there's this weird, weird overtones of sadness and obviously because she lost her son to the dark side and i get that but just something about it changes my view on her because i guess of the circumstances and consequences of what happened uh with 
Ben Solo. So that those two things, her using the Force and her um, just having that that unconditional level of sadness that I never would have pictured seeing the original trilogy Leia having. Hmm. James, where are you at with that? With uh, Leia. I, I actually have a really hard time with Leia. And if there, if there's going to be a character here where I say that nothing, I don't perceive the original trilogy character any differently, it would probably be with her. Um, I have a hard time. Like I, I know where that character ends up, but it's still to me, even more so than the other two doesn't, doesn't seem to affect really how I view where the character was at that point in their life. Um, because it, it's almost like, it's almost like if in the sequel trilogy, they made Leia flip burgers, then I would watch the original trilogy be like, man, she seems like she's going to be a general one day, <laughs> but instead they just made her flip burgers. Well, she ended, she actually ended up becoming a general one day. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, I just see I just see that character and then, you know, I, I think about um, you know, what I know about her, you know, using the force as far as like talking to Luke. I think the closest we could come to this is it's totally fair to be like, I don't think I would have thought she would have became a Jedi master. I think that the fact that she like was related to somebody like you know, hey, my my brother is is a is a major league baseball player. That which means, in a way, like I know a lot about baseball. I am myself not a baseball player, but I know a lot, probably more than most people, about it because I'm so close to it. Um, so I kind I did kind of always feel that, but it, but I would say the whole master thing is interesting because that didn't even really kick in until she. Uh, saved herself in the last Jedi. I think even if you even if you look at like where did where did the character of Leia end up? Well, she ended up as this like wise Jedi master. I don't even think you could have convinced me of that after I walked out of Force Awakens. Right, I agree. I'd be like, you mean the Carrie the uh, the 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 Leia that we know from the original trilogy in Force Awakens? ends up there you know <laughs> yeah it's almost like the change even you're watching the last jedi and you're like yep the same same leia and then she flies back to the ship and you go oh ho, she's been working on the force that's crazy but it makes a lot of sense it makes a lot of sense that given the fact that the war is over and her brother brother is the last of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it, it, it all fits in with me and I have a really hard time piecing together that, that that isn't the, the life of this character down the line. Interesting. So anyway, Lacey, any final thoughts on Leia? No, I'm pretty good <laughs> with what I said. Yeah, I think I think that whole the Leia Poppins thing, like it was so controversial for people because it jarred them, uh, like you say, because the Force Awakens it wasn't there. Everyone I spoke to that was not a big Star Wars fan didn't like that part. They were like, uh, "This makes no sense to me." Right. So I, I think for for people 
who are casual Star Wars fans, and I don't like saying that word, but um, people who check in with the movies and then I'll see you in three years when you're back, uh, have a bigger perception change than maybe sure. we do because we're so vested in these characters and, and the intricacies of their relationships and their decisions more than it's just, um, oh, that movie then, then this movie then, then this movie then. Um, so I think it's always going to be different for us uh, than people on the fringe or people who caused the box office to be a billion dollars anyway. But that was interesting. Uh, because I think we all had different answers, but I think they were all right in their own in their own way. So that's cool. Um, but let us know what you guys think um, about uh, the three characters. Did your perceptions change on how you viewed them, uh, remembering them from the original trilogy to coming out of the sequel trilogy? What changed? Let us know in the comments. Hit us up on Twitter at rbatswnn. Uh, however you'd like, um, and uh, let us know what you think about our discussion here. Obviously. We had to run through three characters in a finite amount of time, uh, but we hope you dug that. And now, uh, speaking of uh, Twitter, we're going to hear from you guys in a fun little segment that Lacey's going to go through right now called Resistance Transmissions. Lacey? All right, guys. It's time for Resistance Transmissions. So the way that this works is every week, John puts up a crazy, wacky situation and you guys give your answers. So I don't know what the scenario is. I don't know what you guys said. Uh, so I'll be reading these in real time. So the scenario is when Han won the Falcon from Lando, Lando forgot to take his capes. So Han decided to sell them for extra cash. What does Han's ad posting for the cap say? The cape say? Did I say caps? Cops. You did. <laughs> I think that E... Like, look could easily look like an S. Anyway, Lando forgot all his capes, <laughs> like so Han decided but... to sell them for extra cash. What did Han? What did his ad posting for the cape say? Mm-hmm. First up is Adam Odal at Odal Adam, and Adam said, "Smooth capes for sale, fair and square pricing for a haggle-free buying experience. Capes arrived right before you did. Hurry in as the deal may get worse over time." <laughs> <laughs> Pick up at the East platform. Very Love preferential. It. Good job. Next up is Carl Axel Franzon at Carl Axel Franzon. Franzon. Way to get your handle, Carl. He said, hokey jackets and ancient robes are no match for a good cape on your shoulder. <laughs> These capes are better than I can imagine, which is quite a bit. Get them now. <laughs> nice. I like that one. That one's loaded. Next is Rob Bartlett at RB7RADS. And Rob said, well, what do we have here? If you have been looking for love in Alderaan places, then these capes will look smooth on top of your hashtag make solo to happen t-shirt. <laughs> yes, teespring.com slash stores slash resistance broadcast, everybody. <laughs> Next up is Ion. Imagine Lando in a make solo to happen t-shirt. Yes. Like his whole outfit is exactly the same, but he has the, like a regular t-shirt <laughs> on. We should do it. Next up is Ion Cannon at Ion Cannon. And he or she said, uh, selling these because honestly, who would find a friend's clothes on a spaceship and just wear them? I would hate it if someone <laughs> did that to me. <laughs> Lando. Lando. 
Next is Scott Gibson at Scott Gibby. And Scott said, bunch of weird coats for sale, probably warm enough for Bespin, but not for Hoth. Honestly, it could be carpet samples. Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Next up is John Reese at John S. Reese. And John said, slightly narcissistic smuggler looking for new attire. Need something to help hide you how you cheat at Sabak. <laughs> Need a piece of cloth to cover your embarrassed face when you betray your best friend, parenthesis me, parenthesis. <laughs> then come by a slightly used Lando Calrissian cape. Nice. Well done. If I saw that ad and I came in, I'd be like, this ad seems oddly specific. Very Han. personal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next is Corey Edwards you at right? Real Corey Edwards. And he said, for sale, capes, not mine. You know, capes. <laughs> All style, no substance. Not the long, cool ones either. Shorties. Cocktail napkins for your back. They probably go well with little mustaches. Shiny belts. Again, not mine. Must go. Best offer. Will trade for vests. I love shorties. <laughs> cocktail napkins for your back. They go well with little mustaches. <laughs> I think my favorite part is best offer. Will trade for vests. Yeah. Next up is Mark <laughs> at De Kind Awakens. At De Kind Awakens. And Mark said, it's been a rough week. My girlfriend just left me with no explanation. Had to give all my money to a rebellion. Now I'm in debt with a very big gangster. Please buy this collection of capes to help get me through these hard times. <laughs> Excellent. They're, they're solo too right there. Thanks, Mark. Yeah. You know, it's funny just to jump back to the last one really quick. You said, I think my favorite part was. My favorite part was the fact that I thought it was just for sale capes, not mine. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know there was more to it. And I was like, ha, yeah. that's pretty good. Just straightforward. Uh, and last but not least is Sean Wars at Sean Wars. Hi, Sean. And he said, free capes left at Docking Bay 94. Current owner of the Millennium Falcon has no use for them. Previous owner might pay handsomely for them if you have time. So that's <laughs> one way to do it, I guess. Lead up yeah. Nice. And you, and you could uh, haggle with them a little bit. Yeah. He might not like it. What is it? He might not like it. But I accept it. It's There's one things. other one. Yeah. What am I missing? I don't agree with uh, it. Yeah, he might not like it. He might not agree with it, but he'll accept it. Yes. Guys, Dang. thank you so that much. That almost worked. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for your answers. If you want to be on the show, make sure to follow us at Twitter, on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N. Every week, John puts up some crazy, wacky situation some scenario and you guys give your answers and that's it thanks so much back to john okay thank you all so much for watching and listening and being a part of trb uh make sure you subscribe to us on apple Podcasts. remember rate the resistance is going on so get involved uh soundcloud spotify youtube if you're watching uh, so we have two episodes every week so make sure you're subscribed to us uh, go on to starwarsnewsnet.com every day for your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials information, all that good stuff uh, we already plugged the shirts, you know where to go to get those, uh, like this one here I am all the Jedi um, and that I think is that you guys can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and writing and editing over at starwarsnewsnet.com uh, James uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Myra Trunks. Lacey? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. All right. Everyone, we hope you have a wonderful weekend. We hope you're staying safe, you're well, uh, and getting through all this stuff. Uh, we're trying to do that all here together. So we appreciate you 
tuning in with us because it makes us feel a lot better. Uh, we'll, of course, be back with you tomorrow for the final Mando Fan Show until Season 2 of The Mandalorian this fall. And then, of course, on Monday morning, we'll be back with you right here with another episode of the Resistance Broadcast. We'll see you around, kids. <laughs>